0: About to win so big.
1: Tell my hydraulic money.
0: Yeah. Money
1: coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of Yeah, get with the program. So they walk their way get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's Monday, the day after a sweet, sweet victory over Old Dominion. Man, i tell you what, baby. It feels so good to be doing an episode of Tales from the Terror Dome after a win. Didn't get many of them last year. Started this year off on the right foot. Here to break that down with me and then preview the Purdue Boilermakers. It's none other than Boundary Corner Zone, Brian Siegler. How you doing, my man?
0: Dan, how we living today, man? I, it, you know, it's always good to record a victory pod. They hit different. Uh, it's a whole lot more good vibes on a victory pod. So I'm just, I'm pumped to be here. Uh, I'm glad to uh, chop up a little Hokies football with you. We'll, uh, we'll see what Purdue has up their sleeves for us next week.
1: Yeah, man. They say victory formation is the the best formation in football. While victory podcasts are the best podcasts in podcasting.
0: Hell oh, yes. Hell oh, yes.
1: Yeah. Where did you watch the game?
0: I, I was at. Uh, went over to Curtis. He's our uh, one of our other co-hosts. Went over at his house. I actually went over about noon, so we did. A, we made a whole day of it. Took my kid over there. Um, kids played together all day. Did their thing. We had some uh, nice little spread, little barbecue, coleslaw, baked beans, the whole the whole shebang there. Watched games all day, and then went over to uh, his buddy um, that we played poker with, kind of in the neighborhood there behind him. Went over to his uh, his house, hooked up in the man cave, watched the game there, drank some whiskey. So it was a good time.
1: Hell yeah, man! I uh I stayed in Salem. Friday night, and I went out in Salem. I got to see. A, I was actually at a brewery when Pry flew over in the helicopter on his way back from Salem High School, which was oh, awesome yeah. to see. And then uh, Saturday, we got it rocking early. Um, met up at PK's at like eleven thirty. Had a nice crew of us there. You know, drank some bourbon, ate some wings, watched Tennessee kick the shit out of UVA. Hell yeah. For a while. And then we set up shop over at Chicken Hill man and we just tailgated and had great vibes until it was time to go in Lane Stadium.
0: Uh, I I I've, I've hit a Chicken Hill with you uh a few times now so I know the vibes are immaculate up there.
1: Yes sir, you should hit Chicken Hill with us this weekend too when Purdue comes to town.
0: Oh, oh, we'll we'll be moving around so we'll definitely make our way to Chicken Hill and uh
1: say what's up and hang for a little bit. Good, man. That's what I like to hear. What uh, what were your initial thoughts on this win on Saturday?
0: I, I'm not going to lie. The first quarter had me feeling a little shaky, but uh, settled in. Um, I like that. You know, I, I know I said it on Twitter, but having offensive weapons makes offense a whole lot easier, man. <laughs> it was so much fun to be like, all right, so we can actually – win some of these matchups in the secondary, get open, make some big plays consistently, not just those like one or two um, plays that we saw last year that Caleb Smith was making. So just having that consistency and being able to move the ball effectively, even when the run game wasn't really coming to us very well. So that was encouraging for me.
1: (laughs) When Grant missed that first screen pass, I was like, Oh no, we're not doing this again. (laughs) But, um, no, ended up uh, ended up working out. You know, he he started to find Ali a little bit. Um, he got Jalen Lane. Jalen Lane was uh he lived up to the billing. Yep. Uh, Tootin and and Malachi they they run well. It just feels like maybe it got a little too predictable, maybe, or like I don't know what happened, but it just like the it went from like four to five yard runs per rush to like one or two. Um hopefully, you know, adjustments week by week they'll be able to find something to tweak that. Yeah. But uh yeah, I thought it was refreshing how, you know, Grant had time and pass protection. He was able to find his man most of the time. And I feel like we moved the ball down the field pretty well the whole game.
0: Yeah, pretty effective moving the ball. Like I said, even without that running game and you know just looking at what was going on there. You know, running inside zone against a three-man front is always a challenge. You got that two-way nose, some of those pass-offs to get to the second level, get a little dicey, a little problematic. So looks like they were struggling on that front. Um, and then once ODU started kind of mixing in some other um, kind of stunts and blitzes, that really kind of threw them off a little bit uh, in the run game. But like you said, I mean, the, the passing game is effective. Um, I think we need to find ways to get to the ball a little bit more in the passing game, um, get him in space and let him do a little bit of work there. Um, If we can do that, I think that'll help get the running backs involved in the game plan, even when they're not necessarily having a lot of success between the tackles. But uh, I I like the pass pro. Uh, Obviously I think the, the running game is still a work in progress. I'm hoping we take some steps this week. Uh, We got another three man front that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but, overall i you know I, I i think we got about about as good as we could have expected um from that offense in week 1 you know maybe aside from uh you know the the run game not really getting going
1: yeah we left some points on the field whether it was due to play calling or a missed throw or two. but overall week 1 new pieces new scheme really cuz it's not really what we were running last year like they definitely tweaked it um i think they they ran it pretty smoothly we didn't cough the ball up at all um we yep. put ourselves in the best position to win um uh, i would like to see maybe a couple of those rpo's where they did hand it off that that's that it was wide open for grant to to tuck it and take it and he didn't and i thought he would have gained huge chunks maybe even a touchdown or two but I'm thinking maybe, you know, quarterback don't want to run much because we wanted to keep them healthy. And that was another big win out of this whole thing was nobody got hurt outside of a couple cramps. Everybody came out of the game healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, we saw cramps. I think Fuga had cramps there at one point. And, um, yeah, I think Manso got rolled up at one time and came off for a couple plays was right back on. So, you know, no no, no major injuries, which is always good. Uh, that's what you want to see, especially against an opponent like ODU. You don't want to go into that game and lose some critical pieces before you get into the meat of the schedule.
1: And and a big win from last year to this year. Only one false start penalty. It was at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, um a lot more discipline it seems from the offensive line across the board. We'll see if that's you know, I've said it before. I think that was a product of thinking too much last year. Um, and guys just not being mentally prepared for the game uh, the way they needed to. So, um, you know, early returns are are promising. Hopefully we can keep that train rolling throughout the season um, because, you know, really giving away that much yardage along with the turnovers last year was the difference in the game. Um, you know, when you give over 100 yards and penalties and you have that many turnovers, it's going to be hard to win no matter who the opponent is.
1: That's a fact, and Grant seemed to play with a confidence that got rattled very early last year, and he never recovered from it. So it was good to see him be able to have time to look. And there are a couple plays we ran the, the running back out on the flat, and last year he would have thrown that every time. But this year he actually used it as his check down option, and he was able to find, you know, Benji or Daquan or Jalen Lane or Ali Jennings elsewhere on the field and get pretty big gains from it.
0: Yeah, we actually had some uh, intermediate routes across the middle of the field targeted this, this game too. We had a few of those um, where Grant was able to link up that we didn't really see a ton of that last year. Uh, it was pretty much either dink and dunk or, you know, big shots down the sideline outside the hashes. So seeing a little bit of uh intermediate stuff in the middle of the field, I think that's encouraging because if you can attack the whole field, that's going to keep the defense honest.
1: That's a fact. And speaking of defense, man, we had some players having a night. I mean, APR, I don't care what PFF says. He was everything I wanted. You know, two sacks, forced fumble, all the tackles for losses, pressures. It seemed like our DNs were really getting after it. I mean – they didn't get home a lot as much as you probably thought they could have but i mean they they were they were pushing that that line back and i think eventually if they can continue to do that against other opponents they're going to end up getting home quite often so it was it was nice to see that pressure from them for sure yeah
0: yeah it was more effective than you think i mean think about last year we had one sack we had five sacks in this game so i mean that's that's a marked improvement just year over year and the the pressures were a lot more prevalent as well. So um, I, I was really impressed with APR's debut. He is as advertised as far as getting after the quarterback. Um, I liked what Burgos was able to do on the other side. He uh, he made a couple of impact plays as well. And Cole Nelson was you know steady Eddie, very solid, uh, the player that you expected um, to show up in that game. So. You know, across the board, I feel like getting pressure on the quarterback, we did a lot better from the DN position than we've really done in probably the last three or four years. So, Let's see if that continues against uh, the, the competition uptick, but early returns, very promising for APR and that
1: crew. Yeah, even Panay got in on the action there at the end.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. it, it was good seeing him getting – he probably got a, a few extra um, snaps because of – uh, you know, the pain thing with the with the targeting, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, um, you know, him getting a little bit more run, um, only a good thing, to be honest, because, you know, he's going to need to be counted on uh, in the stretch run of this season. So uh, he had a pretty good outing, showed out pretty well.
1: No, that's a fact. And, yeah, let's – you know what? We're going to go ahead and talk about him. These targeting calls, man, it was – it's supposed to be something – for such a severe penalty should be way more clearly defined. And it seems like it's way more discretionary than what it should be because I mean, the very first one on ODU, like it was clear he launched his helmet towards Kyron drones, but all of the other ones that we saw, it was kind of like, man, I don't know, dude, like it's pretty questionable. And I feel like, If it's a questionable call on something like targeting that's supposed to be so clearly defined, that maybe you should just shouldn't call it because it really screws our players because now Payne's got to miss the first half of next week. Luckily, Jalen Stroman's happened in the first half, so he'll be good to go next week versus Purdue. But, like, come on, man. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so I I view targeting the same way I, I view holding and pass interference. Um, it is so um, vaguely outlined that if you could, you could almost throw a flag every play or every other play. Um, <laughs> if you went by what's in the actual rule book. Um, I mean, there's a, there are those type of collisions where part of the crown of the helmet makes contact with someone else almost every play. So you know, that creates a problem. Like, when do you throw it? And then it becomes like, all right, I don't know what it looks like because this is the flag. This isn't the flag. This was Booth initiated. This came from on the field. There's just so many, so much nuance to something that if you're going to have that steep of a penalty, it needs to be black and white.
1: Yeah, you can't be having players thrown out just because you think it might be, you know. Yeah, and
0: I I be. get I get the purpose of it, but I feel like we need to go to like the uh the basketball model with like a, a flagrant one, flagrant two type deal. Um, where like, you know, give it a penalty to dissuade the uh the, the type of behavior, but only kick kids out if it's egregious, like intentional or so bad that you know, you definitely wanna make make a note of it this stuff where a guy like meets meets a kid in the hole and like as he's ducking his head the defender ducks his head to meet him like that's just football man
1: yeah you can't call targeting you can't call targeting in the trenches that's just bang bang like it's got to be it's got to be something else there's no way like i mean heads are going to collide when you're that close to each other trying to gain leverage on the other man like you can't call it there
0: yeah, if like if I if I line a receiver up and I lead with my head, that's one thing. But like just meeting a guy in the gap, like that's gonna happen. Like I said, you could almost call that every running play.
1: Yeah, it felt like the refs did that because there was like five <laughs> calls.
0: <laughs> I tell you, the running clock didn't really help. That that game ended up going on forever with all them targeting calls, man.
1: Yeah, and I actually had to drive to Whitfield on Saturday night because my hotel was was down there. It was. The only one I could I could get at a reasonable rate because my, my hotel discount's blocked out on like game weekends like that because they just make so much money. And I was just like, man, I still got an hour drive, but it ended up being all right. Man, Whitville, that's that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hype. Yeah, but I was en route to Myrtle Beach, so it actually made my trip on Sunday a little shorter. So it go. worked out. Dorian Strong, there was somebody on your uh on your pre your preseason your season preview that, that that was on the Dorian Strong train beating the drum and he seemed like a very very smart guy. Do you know who that was? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm on the show right now. Yeah, it was, it was you, Dan. That was you.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Oh man, it was it was good to see him get that pick, and it was even better. Uh, I believe Noah had brought it up. You know, on last week's preview. Of ODU where he was like, I would like to see our our corners when they get a pick, cut to the other sideline and try to score rather than just stepping out of bounds in hopes of not turning it over like the old foo way. And that that's exactly what happened. He cut it back across and I mean he damn near scored. He got to like the three. I was so I was so happy for him.
0: Yeah, man. And uh I know Dwight brings this up a lot, like when when he's talking about the Fuente defense and Strong. Like Strong, uh, I believe it was his freshman year when he got a pick and he looked like he didn't know what to do with it because he was right in the middle of the field and he kind of ran around a little bit and then just went down. This was a completely different mindset. This this, this is the cheetah mindset, right? This is you get a pick, you're looking to score. So I, I love that for him. I love that coming off a year where injuries were a big problem for him. He looked fully healthy. Um, I believe the stat was with the return um, by Strong, if Delane and Strong were targeted, uh, ODU was like minus 36 in net yards or something like that. Like they ended up having one catch for six yards and then you take away the the return yardage. Uh, so it's like just ridiculous from a statistical standpoint that they were able to absolutely shut down those wide receivers in every facet.
1: That interception was pretty, man. It was just he went up, snagged it at its highest point, pure technique, and uh, he just he just took it and said, what, saw what he could do with it. Um, I thought he was going to score, but he just just didn't quite make it. And we had several of those <laughs> in the game, yeah. um, including the Tucker Holloway. I thought he was going to osky that baby. I thought he was going to the house. Um, yeah, we came like uh, twenty
0: five yards away from. Hitting the uh the trafecta scoring on offense, defense and special teams.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. And then uh when Grant took off, I thought he was gonna score, but they got him by the shoelace. He ended up falling at the four. Um, and then the, the Jennings the one Jennings uh deep ball that he caught, um, he ended up getting tripped up and he went down at like the seven. So it was just like, dang, dude, like we really we really could have put up sixty if we wanted, you know.
0: Yeah, and you add in the, uh, you know, getting shut out at the uh, in the red zone twice. I mean, there were still points left on the field where this could have really been sideways for them. Um, and obviously, you know, if you, you take away the, uh, you know, the fumbles that were caused there, it could have been a little bit closer on that end. You know, So it, it could have went both ways. But I feel like we probably there, – there were opportunities for us to score a whole lot more points than we did. Um you know they they them probably less so. Like I said, the fumbles kind of stalled a couple promising drives, but they weren't in the red zone or anything. They were you know barely across the fifty both times. So um, overall, I felt pretty good. I mean, when I look at the defense, I think we need to clean up some of the uh, the run fits. I know Pry talked about that. Um, looking at the game, you know there was some problems with the way they were running that ultra spread stacked formation. That spread us out a lot more um, than we would like, and I don't think we adjusted to that a little bit. I think we need, probably need to, to trust the the secondary a little bit more to to hold up in man and and get get some more guys in the box there to make sure that we've got the, the numbers because they were they were essentially running five on five um, in the box there, and that's not the best odds you want to have.
1: We you and I were talking off air about the over commitment. And then it kind of just spread everything out, and it allowed them to be able to really, you know, run it up the gut. Yep. And it just – it dices up a little bit. Um, luckily, we we bended. We didn't really break a lot, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they had some success with that kind of draw uh, in, in the mesh early. And I think they – once they had that success, we started keying in on the running back and overcommitting, and that's when uh, – the other, Grant was able to, to to make a little bit of hay um, in, in the running game. You know, no, no, no huge runs, but, you know, the couple like 15 or 20-yard chunk plays that you don't like to see from a quarterback and a couple scrambles on third down to kind of keep a drive alive. Uh, like I said, we cleaned that up a little bit, feel really good about the defensive effort overall. Um, but that's definitely something that, We'll need to clean up as we as we head on to Purdue, and especially when we get against a team like uh, like Rutgers and uh, and Marshall later in the in the month.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like our defense crashed down on him pretty well. We just couldn't get a hand on him when we needed to, and it allowed him to slip out. And then that that part of the field was fairly open for him to achieve a first down. But um, overall. I mean, when they had to pass, they couldn't do anything. He averaged like 3.4 yards per completion, which I'll take that any day, any Saturday, doesn't matter. I'll take that. Uh, And, uh, you know, most important, we got the dub. And we cleaned up a lot of things from from the previous year so far, Um, just judging off last year's ODU game because this year's ODU game, I'm not talking against P5 competition or anything, but special teams was better. Long snaps were clean. Uh, returns were good. Um, we set ourselves up in great field position a lot versus hindering ourselves. So um, overall, man, I, I was pretty satisfied with the product. Obviously, you want to score more points, but who doesn't?
0: Yeah, I think we exercise we, – we didn't exercise every demon from last year, but we exercised a lot of them. Um, and I think that was – that's a good step forward. Um, you kind of come out of this game with confidence. You don't come out of this game riding high, but you come out of this game saying, all right, we fixed a lot of stuff that, we, that were problematic last year. Let's see if we can continue to build on that. Um, so I think that confidence is going to be big. Um, heading into Purdue, um, and then again we got a we got a full month in September uh, with Rutgers, Marshall, and then uh, then Pitt closing out the month there uh, at the end of September. So I'm excited to see what this team can do, and if they if we can see some week on week growth, if we if we see that week one to week two bump that that is historically pretty big, then I think we might be onto something here.
1: Hope so. I would like to see maybe some. Some runs that are suited to tootin to maybe, you know, kick it outside, like some outside zone or something. Cause I think uh, in space, he's real dangerous. He's hard to take down in between the tackles. So if you're one on one in space, I like our chances with him. He's just a, he's just a hard runner, dude. Both of them, him and Malachi, both of are tough to bring down. And that's going to, I think that's going to, um, make lemonade a lot this year.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty excited to see, um, how how this thing progresses because it it's, it really could uh, I'm not I'm not saying we're gonna win eight games but I I think we could definitely be a solid uh, solid bowl team um, potentially push for seven I think that would be really big for prize year two uh, because if we could do that that would really kind of solidify the momentum that he built this offseason and really start to push for that to get even better uh, as we headed to 2024 so you know. Good first showing. Um, I, uh, I I got this saying, my, my old coach used to say this a lot, and this kind of applies to this, this game. Uh, watching this game, I was sometimes happy, but never satisfied. So there were a lot of good things I saw, but we're not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Sometimes happy, but not ever satisfied. Uh, also, one point to make, it was obvious. Um, and very pleasant to see that when pry was just being the head coach and he's he relinquished his defensive play calling abilities to marv i felt like the management of the game was way better i mean we didn't have to burn timeouts until we needed to use them at the end of each half in order to like maintain an advantage but it wasn't like oh man we got to call a penalty because the personnel's wrong or we're gonna have a false start or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really until kind of fourth quarter. I think the offense had um had one where they we needed to get a, a timeout in there. The play didn't get in there quite quick enough. But um and then the defense, I think when they were in getting in the into the, the red zone before that, I guess the 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 last touchdown they scored, we kind of burned one there. But I mean we didn't really have any useless we didn't use any useless timeouts. Um, felt like the the game was managed much better. Um, I think the only thing I would say on that front is that I would have liked to see maybe Mar be a little bit quicker with the adjustments um, in the running game to try to shore that up. Um, and I think maybe on the on Tyler Bowen's side, uh, maybe getting a little bit more uh, creative with uh, with the running game. Um, I know we 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 started moving to some of those tosses to try to get on the edge um, once the inside zone was showing it wasn't going to be very effective. Uh, maybe get to that a little quicker, maybe mix it up even a little more, uh, maybe some extra motion to kind of get guys uh, flowing in the opposite direction of where the ball's going. Um, things like that can just help a little bit. And I think, a, as you pointed out earlier, if Grant can keep on some of those, those RPOs, that's going to give the defense and those linebackers, they're going to have to slow up a little bit. They're not going to be able to commit to the running back as soon as they see
1: that angle. I'd also probably like to see Kyron Jones a little more if they are going to use him. Although I did like the fact that um they stayed pretty consistent versus ODU. I thought maybe when we were up like 19 with like six minutes left and we came back out on offense, they might have just put them out there for uh you know health purposes keep uh, Grant from having anything dumb happen to him. But also part of me wonders if maybe Bowen thought, hey, this is ODU. We can beat them without using our whole playbook because it felt like, you know, we barely punted and we barely went kicked field goals. Like, we went for it a lot. So it felt like a more of a, we're Virginia Tech, you're ODU. We're just going to kick the shit out of you mentality. So I'm wondering if maybe we haven't seen the full creativeness or the full spectrum of Bowen's offense because we were playing ODU. I don't know. That's just my, my tinfoil hat, I guess. But what do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think we definitely didn't see the, the, the full compliment, like no offensive coordinator, regardless of opponent is going to show his whole hand in week one, Um, especially if it's not a, a game where, you know, you're matched up against an opponent that you have to win in order to get Um, you know, positioning in your conference. Right. So like if you're, you know, if you're not playing conference opponent, if you're not on the the big stage from a national perspective, like FSU and LSU in that game, you're not going to show your whole hand week one. So I definitely think there's going to be some more wrinkles that we see. Um, I'm not saying that a ton was held back or, you know, we went fully vanilla. But I definitely think that there's elements to this playbook that, that we haven't seen yet. And uh, and hopefully
1: we'll start seeing that come come to fruition a little bit as we move through September. And in conclusion, ODU, it's our state, bitch. We run this. <laughs> yes, sir. But this Saturday it might be a preview of things to come, depending on conference alignment in a couple of years. Don't know. Big Ten opponent Purdue coming to town, big time recruit Hudson Card from Texas manning the helm for them. What what was your initial reaction to to Purdue's Week One game, sir?
0: Uh, they look kind of like a slightly worse version of us in a lot of ways. Um, they didn't run the ball very effectively. Uh, they threw the ball well um, in, in spots. They had some kind of quarters where they didn't really do well and some quarters where they did pretty well moving the ball. Um, the thing that's different is that we moved the ball a little bit more methodically in the passing game. Theirs was kind of predicated a lot on big plays, especially uh, the one that went to Dion Burks where he broke like three tackles and took it to the house. That was their biggest play. That ended up being almost uh, a third of their total yards on that one play. Uh, so looking at that, I mean, this is a Graham Harrell air raid system. We saw that against West Virginia last year. He was their offensive coordinator. He's now at Purdue. Um, it, it's something that we're familiar with. I mean, it's gonna the the fact that there's gonna be a lot of quick hitters is gonna negate some of our pass rush. So we've got to be sure tackling. Um, if if we're not tackling, then that that's when those big plays like when Burks broke against Fresno can happen. Um, but Hudson Card looked, looked pretty good. Uh, he's an accurate thrower of the football. Um, you know, but he does get rattled when he gets pressure. So if we can, if we can get that pressure consistently, I think, up the gut, uh, more than off the edge, um, that's going to rattle him a little bit make those, uh, those kind of quick-hitting throws that the air raid's known for a little more problematic.
1: Their secondary seemed to blow a lot of coverage too. I know Fresno State had several big pass plays for – ended up being touchdowns um so hopefully we can create some you know confusion for them as well and scheme the open man i think we have enough talent at wide receiver to do that and even tight end and our running backs can obviously catch the ball so hopefully we got got weapons
0: now we got weapons that's for sure and i think uh you know looking at their secondary they've got Probably their best player in the secondary is Marcavius Brown. He's their cornerback, number one. Um, you yeah, know, Definitely the best defender on the back end for them. Um, you got another kid that uh, Dylan uh, Diamond, um, he's their free safety. He's actually a true freshman. He covers ground pretty well, but anytime he has to get in man coverage or have to play the box, he, he becomes a very average-looking player. Uh, just don't think he's quite ready to – had the role that he that's been thrust upon him at this point, so um, you can you can take take advantage there with probably your tight ends uh, working in that intermediate zone. Maybe Jalen Lane doing the same, um, but I think anybody matched up opposite Brown is going to have a good one on one opportunity to to take some shots there as well. So secondary is kind of leaky. Uh, run protection pretty good. Um, Fresno doesn't run the ball a ton, so it's hard to get a great estimate of how effective their run game, their run defense actually is. Uh, they do have a uh, nose tackle, Cole Brever. And he's a big boy. Is a, you know, the typical two-back nose in that 3-4 look. So, um, you know, he's somebody that we're going to have to handle. Um, but if we can handle him, I think we'll be able to get some lanes in the rushing game as well.
1: See, I mean, Fresno had 116 yards rushing total, but, I mean, their main back averaged almost five yards of carry. So I'm hoping, you know, we can create some similar magic because if the run game is working, the pass game will open, and then we have a great shot to win every week. Exactly, man. Yeah, if we can if we
0: can establish a run a little bit against that defense, I think that will help things, you know, across the board. It'll make Grant's life easier. It'll make, uh, you know, some of the RPO elements more effective. Um And then it'll obviously, you know, play action is going to give guys more one-on-one opportunities.
1: Yeah, and it'll be good for our defense, too, to go against a name like Hudson Card and some marquee name. As far as, you know, quarterbacks go, he was highly talked about. Went to Texas. Uh, I believe he was a five-star, right?
0: Yeah, he was either a five or a high four. He was right there on that cusp.
1: So able to put him on your on your resume as a defensive back would be a good confidence booster for our secondary because um we got some young guys out there. I mean Dorian, he's a leader, canteen, he's been around, even though he's new to the team. He's he's experienced, but I mean, and Monsor, he's got a year under his belt. But we played we played Braylon fairly often against ODU, and I'm wondering what his rotation is gonna be like this coming weekend, but he held his own, and I think it would be a good confidence booster for these young guys to go out there and just fucking shut it down.
0: Yeah, Braylon, Braylon was out there a lot. We had uh, Dante Lovett was out there a pretty good amount too. Um, we saw most Phillips a lot, especially after um, Strowman was out. So, you know, we got the young guys some, some quality time against an opponent that I think we could afford that. And now we're going you know have to throw them into the fire a little bit, probably this week. and let's hopefully they they hold up as well as they did this past week,
1: absolutely. And Jalen Jones at safety played fairly well for be, coming over from receiver. i was I was kind of impressed with that. He played fairly clean.
0: yeah, I mean, he had a couple areas here or there, but I think you know, considering he was kind of an unknown quantity at that position, he was somebody that I was hoping would would take to it pretty quick. It seems like he has. Um, you know, I think he could still have some room to grow there, but the fact that he didn't look, you know, lost as a uh as as in the secondary back there is a very good sign.
1: Yeah, and hopefully we can keep this defensive rotation um fresh next week. Uh you know, noon game in September it could still be fairly warm outside. So hopefully we keep everybody from cramping and uh, you get you get Felderius pain back for the second half. So he'll add yeah. a truly fresh element to that that pass rush and, and and run defense. So hopefully you know the first half you keep it pretty clean, keep everybody fresh, healthy, not not cramping, and then in the second half you just put them to bed, you know.
0: Man, that's the hope. That'd be, that'd be really nice if we could get a nice lead out the gate like we did against BC last year and, you know, kind of ride that uh, into the half and then, you know, come out as fresh as we can and kind of put a little bit of cushion between us and them. That would be a good way to – a good statement against a team that I think most people have us, you know, kind of kind of level with, right? Like, you know, they're actually – you're actually home dogs by one point right now. Um, I think that'll probably shift. I think a lot of the action's coming in on us um, at this point. But, you know, I like the uh, – if we can go out there and handle them, I think that would really kind of show that we've made some progress um, from last year. Like I said, I think a lot lot of teams had Purdue probably just ahead of us in the rankings overall. Um, You know, if we we can assert ourselves a little bit, especially at home and show that Lane can – can be rocking back to back weeks. It doesn't have to just be a night game. I think that that'd be really good to start the season off like that.
1: Yeah. Plus, I feel like Purdue's always sort of had the same reputation, I guess, historically as Virginia Tech. Maybe not as much success overall, at least like the last through the Beamer years or whatever. But I mean, they're they've always been like a hard nosed team that you know, win or lose, you're going to know you played them type of thing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they run the air raid now, which is finesse football. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of mentality they come with on defense. But I know is going to be chomping at the bit. I know the Cheetahs, you know, they, they play intelligently aggressive. So pressing those receivers, hopefully, you know, we, we contain Dion Burks from having – an insane game like you did last week, you know. Yeah, if we
0: if we keep him in front of us, I think that'll be good. Um, and make sure that we tackle him. You know that that's really the big thing. Don't don't let him get behind you. Make sure you tackle him. Um because they're going to try to get him the ball in space and in their case is going to take a shot with him. So if we can do that, I think we'll, the, the rest of the offense doesn't really scare me. Um you know you got uh Devin Mockaby at running back. He had over 900 yards last year. Um but he's kind of in in this system, I mean they're not really doing a whole lot with the running backs. Probably going to be a little bit less effective in this air raid. Um so we'll see if they uh,
1: if if they get him more involved this
0: week. They didn't really get him going last week against Fresno State.
1: No, nah, he only had what 60 yards on like 13 carries and one touchdown something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was very so, inconsistent. He only had like I think one game, of over ten yards. Um, so it wasn't wasn't a very effective outing for him.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping you know we we fix our our run defense issues. Yep. Uh, maybe I think we'll see something different this week. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Keonta and and Kelly are used against a team like Purdue with a quarterback like that. Um, because they're obviously. I don't think they respected Grant Wilson. I do think they're going to respect Hudson Card, so it'll be interesting to see how different the scheme is this week for them. What are you predicting?
0: Yeah, I'm predicting that they're going to we're going to play a little bit more, uh, a little more off. We're going to be breaking on the balls a lot. We're going to make them have to effectively co- complete those passes down the field um, and methodically march down the field. We're going to need to get pressure with four or five consistently um, just to speed up Hudson card a little bit. Cause if we're not speeding him up at all, then he's going to carve us. But if we can speed him up just a little bit, that's when he gets a little more ineffective. So that's what I'm hoping we'll see is that we'll, uh, we'll get good pressure with four, keep everything in front of us, make sure tackles.
1: Yeah, I think uh We're gonna see a lot more Derek Canteen this week than we did versus ODU. Like I feel like you're gonna he's gonna be more involved on the field, be getting busy because they're gonna be he's gonna be throwing the ball. So all hands on deck. We
0: might be going nickel the whole game, unless it's like a short yardage goal line situation. We we might be in our nickel pretty much the whole game.
1: That's what I was thinking. I because I mean, yeah, big big arm talent, air raid system. Yeah, they're gonna be slinging that thing it would be nice to get another home win to kick the season off 2-0 beat a team like Purdue you know did they won they won the big 10 last big 10 west last year
0: or no big 10 west but, but it was like a that was like a a game of attrition out there man like
1: <laughs> yeah very true
0: that was like the the, the best loser out, out out in the west last year
1: yeah, I mean they had to threaten Iowa's offensive coordinator, like, bro, you got to score twenty five points a game, or we're gonna fire you. Like, what kind of crazy <laughs> shit is that? But, um, yeah, they, they so you know it'd be it's a good confidence booster for the young kids, uh, really start believing, you know, in themselves when they can beat opponents like this, you know, and it's a good um confidence booster to go into Piscataway in week three. So, yep. Hopefully, uh, you know the tailgate vibes on Saturday for a big noon. They'll always be immaculate, you know. So hopefully, oh, yeah. the, the 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 field vibes match the parking lot vibes once again.
0: Yeah, if we can, if we can bring that juice um, out the gate uh, on offense and defense and kind of establish ourselves well, I feel good about the game. Um, that's not one I want them to get. Up early on, I don't. I don't want to be a be a chaser in this game, but I think we can establish ourselves well, get a little bit of a lead, um, kind of make them a little more, a little more one dimensional, take that that running threat out of the game, um, and then just kind of sit back and make tackles.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see us utilize the deep ball more this week, maybe even just as a decoy. I don't care, just you know, make them respect. The deep ball, so that way it feels like it loosens up other areas of the field where you're able to execute passes. Um, yeah, I really that's what I really hope for. Strong re- RPO, smart choices, you know, maybe a little more drones. I'm not sure what they'll do with him, but yeah, yeah
0: I, I, I want to see that be a little less predictable. I, I like that they came out out the gate, gave him a swing pass, play one. But then I felt like after that, it got a little too predictable. Um, and then they, we didn't really see him again. You know, I thought we would see him you know, after the strong interception or after the Tucker Holloway return. I thought we'd maybe see him on one of those two drives. We didn't. Um, so hopefully he gets a little bit more run this week. we got to see what we have with him. Uh, I think he is kind of the – the guy we'll be looking to potentially next year, at least in the short term. So getting him as much snaps as we can this year, regardless of whether, you know, he pushes Grant one way or the other, uh, is only going to be good for
1: us long term. Yeah, that's a fact. And if they run him on those RPOs and he tucks it and it has the – and that, you know, that weak side or that strong is is available like it was for Grant, I mean, I think Jones is taking it to – I think he's housing it. So – um, yeah, I would definitely like to see some more variety with him because I don't think, you know, Purdue the first time off defensive new defensive coordinator. Right. Pretty much everything for them is new. They got a new coach. So. I'm trying to think, Um. yeah, I mean, confuse those boys, you know, get them out there, have them looking dumb and just beat their ass in Blacksburg, you know.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I think the big thing from the you know, the offensive perspective, when we can block Hydra Jenkins, um, I think we'll be able to have the time we need across the board to do do everything we want to do in the passing game. So that's gonna be big for us.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a big week one for Parker Clements, dispelling narratives about his ability to play tackle. So hopefully continues a strong campaign in, in week two, man.
0: Yeah, and uh, Chaplin held up very well in pass pro. Um, could could use a little bit of, of extra seasoning in the run blocking, but pass pro looked very as advertised. So if he can clean up a little bit, get a little bit better, get into that second level, um, he might be onto something there as well.
1: Yeah, I've always said I'd rather be young and average than old and terrible because youth can progress, can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, there's only so much juice you can get out of an old buck. Um, at at some point, you know, there's only going to be a little bit left in the tank. You, you, know, you get one of those young guys in there; there's still still a little bit of burn you can give them, Get get some extra seasoning on there, and they can, uh, you know, take the steps that you need to kind of level up.
1: Yeah, that's a fact, man. Well, dude, I look forward to seeing the whole Boundary Corner crew. On sa- on Saturday, you know. Yeah, Orange we're effect. rolling
0: four is- deep, man. Shelton's coming in on Saturday oh, okay. uh, morning. Yeah, all all three of us are going to be there Friday, so it's going to be, uh, you know, a brotherhood, man. We're going to be uh, we're going to be trolling the tailgates, like I said. We're going to head up to Chicken Hill and Holly Boys, and
1: nice. Um, it's it's going
0: to be a it's going to be an awesome Saturday. Regardless, it's going to be even better if we can pull that W.
1: Absolutely, man, and make sure. Y'all stop by Benny's in Lane if you need to know where it is. When you walk in through the gates on the east side, it's right there. Can't miss it. Line will be long as hell. Um, go support the sponsors of this podcast. Benny's, you know, best pizza in town. Big slices, big fun. Shit's bigger than your head. Um, and let's get a turkey leg. Let's get a Benny's. Let's crush a PBR, bro. Let's have a great time on Saturday.
0: Oh, don't break up PBR. We're about to have another uh, another argument.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, 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 we got some
0: we got some PBR
1: haters out there, man. Oh uh, man, I mean, I don't. It's not. I'm not being like, it. damn. Give me a PBR. But if I've been drinking all morning, and I'm, I'll drink a P. I'm not too good to drink a PBR, brother. I'll drink a Bushlight. I'll drink a lot of things.
0: To me, if you're if you're drinking like mass market domestic. PBR and Hams are the go-to's.
1: Ooh, Miller Light for me, but it's gonna be it's probably gonna be pretty warm at noon. So PBR will probably be pretty refreshing. Hell yes. You got any uh score predictions for uh this weekend or you just want to win?
0: <laughs> I want to win, but I think the score prediction I, I've got 3124 is what I'm going with. Okay. I, I think we hold them a little bit more than what uh what Fresno State was able to pull. And I think we're able to at least kind of get in that same ballpark offensively. I think we can put put a few points on the board. So, I like 31-24 Hokies.
1: Hey, man, if we're hitting 30 points a game, that's a great scenario for Tyler Bowen, and that's a great scenario for us because that's going to lead to a lot of wins.
0: We didn't do it one time last year. We've already done it once. Let's see if we can back it up back-to-back. That would be a good trend to start.
1: Yeah, let's go back-to-back. Shout-out Drizzy Drake uh yeah man that sounds solid I was actually thinking more maybe rich rough estimate like first impulse was like you know twenty 23 hokies but i'll I'll take I'll take in the 30s for sure dude uh I'll uh, give me the points every time give me more
0: yeah man i I liked what I saw from the offense against odu if they can clean up some things and actually get a little bit of a running game going, then that's going to be a pretty hard offense to stop, even if Grant Wells is as inconsistent as he's been historically. Um, having the weapons around it has already made – paid dividends. We saw it against ODU. So, if he can stay clean and just do what he's he's done last week, then I think we'll be all right.
1: Yes, sir, Brian. Well, dog, I appreciate you coming on here and doing this recap and preview with me, I know you got your own ship to run, so I'm glad you're able to have time to to do this and make sure, you know, when Boundary Corner goes live this week on their episode, all of you that listen to this, tune in to them. This tech podcast community is a family, and we are all brothers and sisters out here, so support my guys over there. Uh, Holler at Tally, you know, Orange Effect this weekend, he's coming to town, he's the biggest proponent. For the orange jerseys, it's kind of just hilarious how that worked out. It's almost like he picked it on purpose. Oh man, but, uh, he definitely
0: he <laughs> he came to us. He was like, "Yeah, I think I think Purdue's gonna be the one." I was like, "All right, we can make that work." Then I look at his orange effect. I was like, "No shit, I know why you <laughs> wanted Purdue. I know why you wanted Purdue."
1: Yeah, man,
0: you, you got to get that that fresh orange drip out there while he's
1: there in Blacksburg. Absolutely. So if y'all see us. Anywhere, make sure y'all say hi to Badger Corner. Make sure you say hi to me. Would love to, you know, have a beer, chop it up, you know, commune with the fans, with with the people, with us, because that's what we are. We are fans who just happen to speak into the void once a week. Um, But, yes, sir. All right, Brian, I appreciate you, man. Let's beat the shit out of Purdue, and let's go Hokies. Yes,
0: sir. Let's go Hokies.